I did not see the guy, but I heard shots fired, and I feel the cops flying in. I, I, I just called you guys to notify you. I heard shots fired. I did not see the guy, but I heard shots fired. And What's up? I'm Jeff Weiss, a writer. And I'm No Can Do, a rapper. <laughs> and this is Shots Fired, a podcast about hip-hop and tortilla manufacturing. I'm all about that mission tortilla. I like the corn. I like the flour. But, hey, I fuck with the homemade, though. You go to the restaurants with the homemade? Like yeah, that. yeah. I once, uh, when, I, when I was, before I became a uh, word courtesan, I, I, my first job out of college actually was as a business writer. You became a word, word courtesan? <laughs> no, court, courtesan. I know, I know. That's like a high, like a really high we're priced escort. About tortilla, tortilla, like a classy escort. And I was just saying that the heart is quite as well. Oh, yeah, oh yeah, I didn't yeah. even catch that. Yeah. So, so many puns in your, in your. My daughter says I'm punny. You are pretty, yeah. Well, you have like dad humor, kind of. Like, I mean, I like dad humor. I fuck with it. My, yeah, my dad just wasn't funny. My, so, my he was just mean. <laughs> my fart jokes Which can be funny. are on time. Yeah, it's funny in that, you know, to that, uh, in that, like, to the moon, Alice kind of way. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it was, it was very much, very much like that. Like, oh, yeah. oh that's not a good Jackie Gleason impression. <laughs> I haven't seen enough. I haven't seen the Honeymooners lately, so I'm kind of off of it. No, nah, they don't. They don't play that shit on Nick at Night. This podcast, yeah, they did used to play. Did you used to watch Nick at Night shows? Yeah, I used to watch it. Yeah, you know Mike Eagle, what grew up on like uh, on those Nick at Night shows too. I did as well. Yeah, we all did. Oh, really? I didn't know that, like, everyone else was. I thought I was, like, the one weird kid that I was like, why am I watching, like, the many loves of Dobie Gillis? Have you, did you ever see that one? Uh, yeah, but do you, do you, do you ever, you know, uh, hear that, that theory that, like, you know, uh, people that, that don't sleep at night are smarter? Uh, yeah, I think I've heard that. Or something like that. Some weird shit, but, like, you know, I, I don't know, but all, we're all art artsy fartsy dudes we do art for a living right that's what i tell people at clubs so we could we we couldn't sleep because we were full of ideas so we had to watch fucking we had to watch like andy like, griffith i love shit. lucy i never Trip liked it i never liked andy griffith do you like that one i don't know i don't care that was too white it was, even for it was me. on i mean here's the thing <laughs> i never liked mash either that was oh, boring oh, hey, as when fuck. mash came on you're like time to go to sleep yeah, yeah that, that theme song made me go to sleep because i used to play that at fox at like uh mm-hmm. that's why yeah but as it, as i got older i started to really fuck with mash when I got older, I've heard the movie is actually amazing. I've been meaning to see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a Robert. Al- it was like a Robert Altman movie, and supposedly the uh, it was, you know the the mash finale I think was like the biggest uh, finale in the history of television. Yeah, yeah, yeah. even more than Parks and Rec. <laughs> Look, I tell you this, like anything, I don't think kids get war. I don't think kids get. <laughs> I don't think they understand. They understand it. There's no like. I mean, you know, I loved Braveheart when I was a kid or what. Yeah, but I watch it. <laughs> I was like, yeah. But I watch it now. Fuck Mel Gibson off top. Yeah. Just fuck Mel Gibson. Fuck that guy. As a record label staff and Oxana as a motherfucking forever. crew. Forever, Oxana forever, fool. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but you know, like I watch when I watch things about war now, that shit, like you know, just like watching how the if it's really good, well written, watching how the characters relate to each other under that all that stress and shit. Yeah. And seeing them being able to smile and crack jokes, it's like. You know, what a, a smile and a joke during a war movie is like worth ten smiles during a comedy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't know. I, my grandfather only watched war things because he was in World War Two. Oh shit! He only watched war things. Your, your grandfather was fucking Tupac's dad in Juice. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> More similar than I would have, you, you'd expect. And yeah. Uh, yeah, he would only watch war shit. And I asked, I once asked him, I go, Grandpa, what'd you do during the war? And he just goes, tried not to get shot. And then both, I once was at a Passover dinner where both my grandparents were like smiling, like my, my mom's dad and my dad's dad. Yeah. And they bonded over the fact that they both got venereal diseases during the war. Yeah. And I was like, what a family I come from. <laughs> like, what a proud family I come from. Oh, man. Dude, I, I, I was like, I was, I, was at a, I was at a mall food court because this mall food court is my secret. 
has the best ramen in LA. Is this the one in uh in No, don't say it. Don't say it. Fox Hills Mall. No, it's not in the Fox Torrance. Mall. Torrance. Torrance? No, 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 no. You'll never expect it. And I read a review actually once of a really good ramen in a food court. Okay. So this must be the one. I'm not gonna tell you. All right. But because it's my secret. They have seafood ramen and it tastes like gumbo. But uh there was like this old guy, this two old guy and the old lady. And the old guy was like, man, I used to love the old days, man. No AIDS, no herpes, just, you know, all just a shot in the ass and 20 pills. Yeah. Just, just like gonorrhea. You're like, whatever. Fuck gonorrhea. Yeah, fucking yeah. Fucking gonorrhea is just your fucking sore throat for your dick. Yo, but if you got syphilis, though, you were fucked. Brought Al Capone down. I mean, but that's like stage three. It brought, yeah. That's stage three of syphilis. Yeah. I think, I think it was if it went untreated, you it, would then go insane. Exactly. That sounds fun. Like, yeah, that's... <laughs> Like fucking. I think it was all over in the Bible, though. I think that wasn't like, the worst thing they could have. I don't think they had penicillin in the Bible. Nah, what would you do in the <laughs> biblical days for fucking syphilis? I think you died. Damn. Yeah. This week. <laughs> hey, like, I, dude, I'm so happy to be in this time. Shots fired. A podcast about hip hop and syphilis. <laughs> let's, let's think about. <laughs> Consult your doctor if you have any of these symptoms. Let's think about scurvy. Fools were just like scurvy dying, was real. Dying from scurvy. I that's and like the my cure fa- was an orange. An orange and like the a lemon. Cure for fucking you know fucking like the shit the you know the antibiotics that come from fungus and shit. So they're like, there's mushroom that you can eat to cure the shit or some kind of fucking. Fungus or like snail shit that you can eat to cure the shit that's God. just around, but no one discovered it. How fucked is it that so many people died and like the, the cure was an orange? Cure- like how pissed off would you be if there was like a heaven and you're looking down and you're like, fuck. Yeah. Like, like millennia later, you're like, oh. Wait, yeah. It's like a bunch of Portuguese, like a bunch of like, fuck. Yeah, 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 yeah. We brought all these pigs on the ship. We brought all these fucking pigs. No one thought to bring a fucking orange. Although, like, you would be gone lemon. for so long that, like, it was hard to get probably citrus fruit. I find that hard to believe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's, like, islands in the middle of the, I mean, in the middle of the Atlantic. Uh, you had to go to the I, South Pacific. That's what, I, that was the wave. That, that was the wave. I find that hard literally. to believe. Literally. In the middle, I find that hard to believe. Not in the middle. Of, like, the Atlantic is, is compared to the Pacific, is a short trip, for one. Yeah. Two, like, fucking, there's, like, 200 kinds of citrus fruit. Like, all kind of berries have vitamin C. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I, I just think they were, like, meat, beer, winches. <laughs> like, they were just being, like, they are being bachelors, homie. <laughs> <laughs> like, how many people do you think were just, like, I'm just, I hate my family and my wife. I'm just going to go on a ship. Yeah. Like, that was just, like, the, like, nah, nah I got I to gotta sail and stuff. You, I think I, I have to. Yeah, I imagine. <laughs> it's like, you're working too much. You're like, oh, can I, I had to go on the ship with, with like, Olav here. Yeah. <laughs> he made me. Yeah, I feel like uh, as the ship sailed off, Young Drills fucked that bitch is playing. Bitch, all about fuck me. Hell no, fuck that bitch. I feel just- bad for people in history beyond the lack of good medications is that they just didn't have hip-hop to soundtrack, like, really hilarious moments in, in human history. Oh, no, no. I think songwriting... I think songwriting now is, uh, I don't know, man. Like, How did the Vikings do it without Young Thug? Dude, no, the, the, no, but they had their own. Like, songwriting now, we're getting to a point in my modern music where songwriting is really mirroring what people, like, pop songwriting is mirroring what people are going through. Like, fuck that bitch. I'm pretty sure. I don't know about pop songwriting. I think most of it's, like, kind I, of. I mean, fucking uh, CeeLo's Fuck You. Oh, yeah. That shit, I'm pretty sure there's like some Gaelic song that's like, that girl does not trust the man because I mean, he has you no could, you could say, feelings. <laughs> you could say that about the blues, though. And, but the blues, which came from Molly, 
is what I heard. <laughs> Which game? I thought you were referring to Molly the drug. No, <laughs> I was like, I was like, yeah, Robert Johnson was super turned. M-A-L-I. But also like... Sun House is just gone off that Molly. I listened to Lead Belly's Irene Goodnight. Oh my God, that's the illest shit ever. Go home to your wife and your family. Sit back down by the fireside, bright. He's basically saying like, I just need to leave my side bitch alone and go home to my wife and you know, my family, you know? Yeah. You know, like... It's just so. so it's interesting how like the blues went into jazz, and then jazz is so much more refined. Didn't the blues go into the blues was later turned into rock? Well, when it was like electrified, and then that kind of got into rock. But I think a lot of uh, well, I mean, I I think it's interesting because I think a lot of uh, it is different, but they are kind of. I mean, if you think about it, jazz really comes from New Orleans, Mm -hmm. and the blues comes from Mississippi. Yeah. So so basically. Like this is this is what I know about jazz and the origin of jazz. That's the music that they would play in the whorehouses. Uh yeah, yeah well, New Orleans. Noisy, fast, a well, you know, rhythmic rhythmic. But how much more refined must people have been in some ways for like that's the music that they play in the whorehouses? Like now it's probably like riffraff. Not oh in the, <laughs> in the strip clubs. Yeah. But I mean in the whorehouses, I'm pretty sure it's 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 anything. It's it's the trick's choice. But <laughs> but you know, there's a jukebox. As a courtesan myself. I... But, but like, uh, I mean, dude, fuck refined shit. Like everybody tries to. When you look back at the past, I mean, like, everyone was seedy and fucked up always. All the time. Yeah. So even jazz, this, except for the Vikings. This ref- no, they weren't. I'm just fucking. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Vikings. They would like eat turkey legs whole. And they would rape and pillage. They would definitely rape and pillage. Yeah, it's not a good look. And they have great. They have great like songs and melodies. The Vikings, they do. <laughs> do they really? Are you a big fan of Viking sea shanties? Well, no. From what I understand about like. Pop music is uh pop music is a is a lot of fucking a lot of a lot of hip hop guys are make writing pop I mean like look at the Pharrell yeah making a lot of like good pop music but then a lot of you know uh fucking Scandinavians are killing that and it's like you know yeah Max Max Martin and uh, Stargate are from yeah. uh, Scandinavia but then a lot more too a lot like those are the guys we know yeah but like our equivalent our like, here are behind the wall you see two of them and there's like eighty thousand crawling little fucking fish eating Scandinavians behind the walls that was so racist <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, Scandinavians might be the only people you can still be racist about I love who doesn't like Scandinavians they're though? sweet people yeah. But, but basically the, yeah. what I'm saying... They like, haven't even committed to genocide that I know of. What we have what we have with, you know, fucking, you know, Negro spirituals and old Gaelic songs. Yeah. They have... They have I like a, that you're lumping the two in. You're making a lot of Celtic people very happy right now. I mean, I, I love American music and I know where we, you know, I know... Like what, you're talking about like, like Appalachian kind of like fiddle fiddle stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Those come for... Yeah, those come... Well, those are more like, I think like uh, English kind of Welsh kind of country ballads, Irish kind of things. yeah. 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 But but like you know the old Scandinavian like like folk songs or whatnot are uh, are like they're special they're they're really special they're being tapped into right now. It's like, <laughs> Odin stole my bitch. Exactly. <laughs> Odin from Asgard. Rowan. Thor is a douche. Thor is a douche. Thor is a douche. Rowan with two Valkyries. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, this is this episode of Shots. We got off the rails. This is uh, we have Scroobius Pip on a uh, shout out to Scroobius Pip. We taped this one many months Rolling ago through the hood with a dubious crib at my apartment because uh, we couldn't get on the cosmic suit that day. Um, but yeah, and we're going to talk right now before we get into it about uh, about the Drake album. How, what, tell me your feelings on the Drake album. Um, I feel like it's he um, in terms of production. 
I, I think it's like two different kinds of underground from my childhood merge. Mm-hmm. And it's like the southern stuff, like it reminds me of like like the beats, the actual drums are like shit I would hear on, on a Teela record or something like that. And then the the samples are like shit that people would give me off mixtapes I would find at Scribble Jam in 03, which is like <laughs> like things that were necro-ish, you know? Yeah. Things that sounded like early cage shit. So imagine in, in America mixing the two these two really obscure things, even in hip hop standards, you know, these two obscure things and putting them together. And I don't know, like, you know, I, like I, I think his production wise, that's what it is. And I, and I, and I like it and it, it hits me. Um, song wise, the songs are really, really good. I feel like I, I know too much about him uh, at this point. I feel like I know too little about Drake. Like, I feel like it's just a bunch of vague signifiers that are like, look, we're having fun. Oh, we're sad. We're having fun. We're sad. You think like, so? I don't think there's any depth to Drake. I think he's like the most sh- fake deep guy ever. No, I think that shit is like, I think he's giving you. He's too, smart. I think he's giving but, you too much away. But I still think I go back to fucking any main mention of it. Best I ever had was like eight years ago. Like a song like Best I Ever Had or even Just Hold On, We're Going Home. Or fucking, uh, I can't name, name I think so I think he's a good singles artist. I will give it to him that he's a good singles artist. I think Zero to 100 is a really good song. I think 10 Bands is a really good song. Zero to 100 is good, but I, I just mean a, a, song, a song about songs that are more universal and, and aren't, aren't like hella particular. And, and for me saying that is funny because all I do is make hella particular songs. Yeah. But when I, when I, I, I hear like a, a major pop, it's, 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 a, it's a double-edged thing. You hear a major pop artist doing, doing that you know, doing shit that underground guys are doing and taking that approach, like that shit is a nod, but it's also like you're wasting your gas because you have this fucking platform to speak on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um and like that's not some shit that that's not some shit that James Brown would do. That's not some shit that Michael Jackson would do. That's not some shit that fucking Prince might do that shit. Yeah. You know, Prince Prince might do that shit. Well Prince but, is like really was really good. Uh, I mean his metaphors are kind of obvious, but they're they're pretty clever. Yeah, yeah. But so like I don't think Drake's ever had a really clever metaphor. Like he's never had a little red Corvette. You're fucking, you're what fucking, was his little red Corvette? You're a, he's like best I ever had. Like oh I like you in sweatpants. Cool. Yeah. Like but, that's like the dumb. Uh, Drake to me but, is. But, but rap. But rap doesn't have that. Except, Drake to except me is for, like the game. He's like you know the pickup artist shit. Like Drake is like I know what I'll say and this will work and it does work. But it's always it just like it doesn't work like that in rap though. It doesn't work like that in rap music. It doesn't work because here's the thing. You know who did that? Who did that well? Me and my girlfriend, the Tupac shit, the shit about his gun, or the I, I gave you power, the shit yeah. about another song about. I his was gun. listening, by the way, to the Bonnie and Clyde, Jay Z and Beyonce shit, and I was like, God damn, Jay Z's yeah. such an asshole. Like Tupac hated you, yeah, and like I guess that's maybe the best revenge. You're like, I'll take your song and you hated me, and I'll make it another hit. But yeah, yeah. that's some biting ass shit. <laughs> hey man, you know, twelve years later, the rumor with the fucking uh, the skull and bones is they were drinking uh, blood out of Geronimo the Apache skull. Really? Yeah, or, or they they would use Geronimo the Apache skull in, in their. Uh, we're not talking their, about Mike rituals. Geronimo, the New York rapper, or Apache, <laughs> the no, New no, York no. rapper. We're talking about of gangsta bitch fame. Ger- Geronimo the Apache, the illest the the illest person in American history ever, and he's not an American, but he's a Native American. Yeah, yeah. but um, I think he is. But you know, you know, fucking, you take your enemy, you take your fucking enemy. And you fucking put him on the tip of your fucking spear. Yeah. And you put and that. And you make it a love song with Beyonce. <laughs> Hell yeah. You make light of that shit. You put fucking, you know, I don't know, man. You fucking kill a tiger and you put that shit on your mantle. Or you don't kill it. Or you, or you kill a tiger. 
<laughs> Who has an album? There's a song I haven't listened to it Tyga yet. Tiger uppercut. <laughs> <laughs> Tiger uppercut. There's a song on Tiger's album with Chris Brown with Boozy on it. Yeah. I haven't listened to it yet. Of course, I downloaded it because I was like, oh, Boozy song. I'll download it. But just like, that's just the funniest trio of characters of yeah. like Tyga, um, Chris Brown, and Boozy. Like, I mean, so Boozy so, would be so happy to be in the studio with those two. What, what, what did Boozy go to jail for? Uh, paying a hitman two thousand okay. dollars to kill a rival. Okay, so 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 alleged alleged uh, accessory to murder. No, first degree murder. Okay, so first degree murder. Yeah, well, he didn't actually go to jail. Assault and battery. Yeah, and statutory rape in the same room. Like <laughs> you're like my PO. God, what the fuck? My PO would not let me. Be I don't in really want to get into like a kind of uh, why is he fucking a seventeen year old girl? But like you know, now that you bring it up, why is he fucking a seven? Like who does that? Well, how old it's, is Tiger? How old is Tiger? Like twenty five. He's twenty five. So check this out. Twenty four. Even then, seventeen is really young. In in the in the in the U.S. like the the the, 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 the legal the legal age is in some states is, I think seventeen might be legal. It's eighteen. It's eighteen in, in, in California at least. And they're both yeah. from California. Yeah. But like you know, in Canada and fucking you know, in parts of Europe and other parts of the world, it's, it's different. Or, or like like that's like we're thinking real American, and these are fucking <laughs> yeah. Tiger's Tiger's really refined. No, I mean, but he's a well he's, he's a well traveled, worldly young man. No matter how what you may think about him, I like Tiger. Actually, a, I don't like his music per se, but like he's a I like some. I, I think Tiger's got like twenty really good songs. Yeah, but ba- basically, not because of Tiger, but but he's a, he's a well traveled, worldly young man. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So at the end of the day, he's his feet have touched almost every continent, almost every continent in the world, and he's dealt with people from almost every continent in the world, which means he's seen different ways of uh, of living. So when I when I when and then he got into the Kardashian way of living. No, and I mean, you know, and maybe, maybe he fucking, you know. Kanye's like, that was a good investment. <laughs> Kanye, that's not a good thing to say about statutory rape. I mean, yeah, but <laughs> but maybe, you know, I don't know. Like statutory rape, like, like. <laughs> like, like, you're, like you're really twisting it. <laughs> no, I mean, there, I mean, there's a certain, I got a fucking, almost got a jaywalking ticket the other day. How would you, know? you, yeah. So it's like. How would you feel if your daughter is 17 dating a 25 year old? Um, As, as a dad. As a, as a as a dad, like and just being like a conservative fucking guess, yeah. dude, I'd be like, man, you know. Uh, but their dad is becoming a woman, so I don't think yeah. it's like he's no one that cares conservative. Over there. Yeah, it's but but of, as a dad, I, I I'd uh I if if we can if I can be if I can get two minutes to say to yeah. say this shit, um, I don't want my, I wouldn't want my daughter to grow up too fast because she's with an older dude. I don't want her to be in a situation where she. Uh, where she's with somebody that knows so much that he's able to control and, and warp her mind, you know? And I would say the same thing if I had a son that was dating an older woman too, you know what I'm saying? Um, but if if it was like some fun shit, you know, and I can, <laughs> no, no, if, and, yeah. and, and if it was some fun shit that I really couldn't control, I wouldn't hate on my daughter's yeah, happiness. Totally. You know what I'm saying? Um, but at the same time, I, I'd have to really fucking check the dude out because yeah. I might have to kill the man yeah. if he's like, you know, if he's introducing my daughter to things that she's not ready for. You're you know? like, this is his ex-wife, Black China. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, like, they were like, it was just really funny because Kim and Black China, like, I think became friends. And yeah, then, yeah. like, then she was like, oh, you should, Kanye, you're in the hip hop. You should hang out with Taiga. And Kanye's like, okay, yeah, <laughs> all right. It's like a play date. Yeah, Next yeah. thing you know, he's executive producing Taiga's Jesus, which I still have on my phone. Oh really? I could leak Tiger's Jesus any time. I mean, like it would be really shitty taped sound quality. Yeah, yeah. But I could leak Tiger's Jesus tomorrow. I mean, I mean, I should. I, I think Tiger's. I think Tiger's a cool, cool, uh, a cool thing. I mean, Rack City. 
Rack City fucking changed LA. He, I, like, I actually, like, he's actually a pretty nice dude when I interviewed him, and he was pretty sincere and, and not like, and very excited. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, getting catty. Anyways, before we get into it, let's just go into the episode. This is uh, Scroobius Pip. If you don't know, he's a big English rap star podcaster. He has a great podcast. You should check it out. Um, yeah, uh, he did the project Dan Lasak and Scroobius Pip. Just a good dude. Um, big fight fan. Mm-hmm. UFC fan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Shots fired. Shots fired. Shots fired. Let's go. I did not see the guy, but I heard shots fired, and I see all the cops flying in. I, I, I just called you guys to notify you. I heard shots fired. I did not see the guy, but I heard shots fired. And- We're with Scroobius Pip. Yeah. How goes it? Good. How you doing? I'm just chilling. Go. We're, we're taping this episode from my apartment due to cosmic zoo difficulties, so... The Boston Terrier running around, and I mean, we can make out. I demanded it. I, <laughs> yeah. like, I need this to be in an apartment. I'm not coming to some studio. Yeah, I want to see the real you. <laughs> this is the real me right here. <laughs> the books, the records, the e hookah. <laughs> not mine. It's my cats. Um, what bring? Oh, so what? What brought you to LA? Um, I'm I'm overworking on a new record. Um, and yeah, the guys I'm working with, I'm working with. Uh, Danny Lona, it's, it's weird. I'm not working with hip hop people on the on on, on the production side. So I'm, I've got Danny Lona from Nine Inch Nails, a tra- a Travis Barker has, has laid down some drums for it, and yeah, just a load of people. And it's nice to get to come over here for that reason and yeah. to see what's going on while I'm out here. So uh, you know, obviously, you, you were you were raised in a like a suburb of London. Um, yeah, or just outside London. So uh. Essex is like yeah. You go east past all the, you go east as far as, as London gets worse and worse, mm-hmm. and then they go, oh, this shit's bad enough that we're not even going to call it London, and that's where I live. That's Essex. That's kind of a, really? yeah, yeah. It it's all right. <laughs> there's posh parts of Essex as, as well. There's nice parts of Essex too, but I happen to but live in the least nice. But there's nice parts of like you know like Compton. People are like, oh, Compton's so bad. It's I'd nice rather part. live. The hills, of Compton are actually pretty nice. the hills of everywhere should be pretty nice. Yeah, Compton Dominguez, you know, but like, it just sucks that, you know, it's just the stereotype. Another rapper from the shit, you know, <laughs> you come out, you have all this to say. It's not know. that, you know, it's no Compton. I'm not going to make any cl- claims. It's not even, you know, <laughs> it's not even the nice parts of Compton, I'm sure. But yeah, okay. it's all right. It's just not, yeah, there's not a lot of goodness there. Not a lot of goodness. What's There's the, no way I'd go out and drink. Like in my local area, there's no bars I'd go to. Cause yeah. Why? Why? Because there's just fights there? To, yeah, it turned into fights. But, the, the but last see, time since I you went, guys don't have guns, but like, you know, getting punched in the face or bottled is the equivalent of getting shot. I mean, you've just made me sw- switch my story because I was going to say about the last time I went to this particular bar nearby just for a mate's thing and it almost turned into a fight because I looked like... like, like they assumed I was Muslim and I wouldn't confirm otherwise. Oh, Because oh, I was like... Oh, why should I tell like, you? Why, so I was just yeah, antagonizing. But the last time my... Two Christmases ago, my brother was there but it's Christmas Eve and I get a text off him and it shows how drunk I was because I didn't respond until the next day. But he was in there and a guy had walked in with a shotgun and just shot the place up. What? Because of an argument between some travellers and the people who own that place. and uh, uh. It makes it sound worse than it is, I guess. But yeah. How often does that happen? It doesn't happen a lot. As well, said, we've got good gun laws. so that happened, It's a rarity. But that happened on Christmas Eve. On Christmas Eve, yeah. And everyone was quite j- jolly about it. Everyone was like, yeah, this just happened. That should be the day the hood turns down, not yeah, up. Yeah, it should be. It should be. <laughs> oh, shit. So was, uh, 
was hip hop pretty big for you out there? Like how like a much came? I know Public Enemy was pretty huge in England. Was yeah, I mean, it was kind of cool because like, I I grew up more into punk and hardcore and metal, and then I got into my hip hop. But it was still at the time where you had to work to be into hip hop. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you had to get imports of stuff and tapes of stuff, and you couldn't just. It's easy now because all music is is universal. It's all everywhere because of the internet. But yeah, it was kind of cool getting again it was all huge stuff at, at first beastie boys and public enemy and stuff like that but it was still kind of cool to be easing into that. i remember I, I think cypress hill were like the first thing that i got into in the uk and yeah, yeah. doesn't like i think though public enemy i'm i think uh doesn't it start it in starts like, in brixton yeah. yeah it starts in brixton yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and I, I went and they did an anniversary sh- show in the same venue and i went there and they just did it takes nation millions from start to finish in order which a lot of people are doing that shit now, but with that album, I've never seen a gig because all the anticipations there and Cool Keith had been on early and Andy Pop Consortium and all sorts of people had, had built up. And then it starts. Someone else has said this on this podcast or in my life that they do, they do that album in concessions. Yeah, yeah. But like, it's an old idea. Yeah, 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 yeah. A few people have done this. But again, it blew me away because with that one, you're starting with the biggest song. Like you're starting with bringing the night. It's not like generally everyone will be hyped and then at the end you're a bit tired, but then when that drops your energy's there. I've never seen a room go as fucking mental because everyone's got their energy. It's the start of the... Yeah. And they just drop, bring the noise and it's like... That's kind of bold damn. too. And then they did a... Because they did it, as I said, in order, in order of the record. And then they did an encore of kind of a greatest hits mm. outside of, of, of Takes a Nation. So were you? Um, I know I saw in uh, Thou Shalt Not Kill. I think yeah. you had a Minor Threat record. One yeah, of the yeah, ones yeah, that, yeah. So were you a pretty big hardcore fan? Was that your first kind of? Yeah, I was into all that, and that was the first uh, music I got into. But it was prepped me for hip hop because punk and hardcore was the kind in the UK. It was the it was the outcasts and the kind of poorer people and the the voice of the voiceless in a way, which hip hop was as well. So it kind of it set me up for that. It, as soon as I started getting into hip hop, it was like yeah. I get this. A lot of it is talking about places I've never been to and never experienced, but I get the sentiment of it and I get, yeah. So The Clash, I'm it. sure, were pretty, like, totemic still. Like, just... Yeah. I can imagine... I mean, I guess Led Zeppelin and The Clash... I guess... I don't think The Clash were maybe as big here as... Did you hear The Clash growing up, James? At all? What the fuck are you talking about? R- Rock the Casbah? Oh, you heard Led Zeppelin. Like, Led... Oh, yeah. My dad used to play Led Zeppelin. Everyone heard Led Zeppelin. I thought that was very uncool because my dad played it. But um, Pink Floyd. I feel like the Clash was. I mean, people obviously know the Clash. Tons of people know the Clash. But yeah, I mean, that was just some shit they played on K Rock at night. So I had no. The Casbah though was the one song. Like I told people, like I was. And that's like the pop song of theirs. Yeah, I would be like, oh, do you like the Clash? Like I really like Rick. Didn't they do? Didn't they do like like paper planes by Emma? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's their that's their sound for yeah. Um, as I this is a big name drop now, but I I. A, Drop a, the a, name. A Grandmaster a Flash on my radio show at the weekend, mm-hmm. and I bought after Flash just being Flash and going mental and talking about exactly what he wants for ages. Yeah. The last thing I got to ask him about was he opened for the Clash, like yeah. as he, just as he started to blow up. And it, it's it, apparently it's one of the worst gigs he's ever done. It didn't go it's down. Stadium, right? Yeah, it was like stadiums with Flash opening. Was that and then in the, Clash. the UK or is it in the, the States? It was in the States. Mm. So the Clash over here doing stadium tours and Flash with people not really knowing hip-hop yet and not really having that many MCs on hip-hop yet. It was before The Message and before super rapping and shit like that. And yeah. Yeah, 
Some crazy shit. Dude, can't imagine that. Just to put things in, in perspective, like my my barber, I go to old barbers only because I just can't I can't listen to people my age talk anymore. It's fine. But Makes um sense. my barber was at the first print show in LA. And uh he was like, Yeah, everybody was like, What the fuck is this? This is weird. Boo! They threw shit at him and everything. That's unbelievable. And Prince said, Next time I come to the city, I'm gonna own it. And it just walked off. He said something to that effect. And so I mean, you know, yeah. that's just some sometimes people don't understand that shit, you know? Yeah, completely. Mm. And that's and that's part of it. Um Oh man, I would have loved to have been at that print a, a, a Prince gig with people not getting it. Yeah. Have you seen kind Prince? Of, I've I've seen him once. I had tickets to see him couple of times on the uk run i had when we did um a, a coachella it was the year that he was headlining oh, but yeah. literally we played and left to go because we we're in the middle of a tour in the uk and we we got that booking oh, so wow. like we played bristol one night and then flew to coachella and did like bath the night after that so it's kind of but i missed it so i missed him for years and years and then i saw him like two years ago um, at a festival in the UK and it just he's the best in he's the world he's amazing yeah that Coachella show he brought he just came out with Morris Day in the time and I was like whoa that was like the best, the best part I'm like I'm like this yeah it kills I'm me. a really big Morris Day in the time fan right every time I've missed Prince it seemed like I had tickets for him like when he did his 21 date a run in the UK and it like it was it timed with when me and Dan Lassac got our first headline tour so it was like right can't go on that one he bought out Elton John and they just jammed for a bit and did some shit and it's like Fuck man, this isn't this isn't fair. Yeah, he's incredible. I didn't realize actually until I saw him that he was that good of a guitarist because you don't yeah. realize that listening. But you don't realize that like you're listening. Oh, he's an amazing pop craftsman. Then you watch him live and you're like, oh, you're Jimi Hendrix too. Yeah, just for fun. And he can play the P. Yeah. All right, Utah. Sure. I was gonna say that's like, I feel like you can't be that good at making pop music if you're not equally as good at just wailing and just being tight yeah it's like bruce lee you know he could really kick ass he yeah could, you know it just wasn't all, all for the cameras i oh, think oh, 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 i would make a, a, a differ in today's market i think maybe at one point but i don't think that's the case now i wouldn't say french montana is really about to shred french montana pop superstar who's who's really good in rap and making pop shit who's really good at, oh really good. probably uh Drake. Drake. Uh, yeah. Drake. <laughs> Kanye. Kanye. I would believe Kanye could lie. But Kanye can't. He can't sing for the life of him. No. But, like, but on some rap shit, I bet you like. I bet you Kanye can like be in a cypher with your rapper rappers and hold his own. I bet you he can do, you know, if Sway wasn't asking him about fucking, you know, clothes, he could probably do the freeze. No, actually, he sucked at that. All right. <laughs> so maybe not Kanye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but everyone always I, I, I've had loads of people in the past argue and, and let me know that a Lady Gaga is an amazing pianist That's composer heard, yeah. all this shit and it's like that doesn't make make me like her music anymore I don't it's think like, she's a good that, that kind of pisses me off more in a way that if you're that good and you just kind of make it was interesting simple you know having <laughs> microphone. <laughs> microphone because I'm a dad you know and a husband <laughs> father of three girls I you know Beyonce, Rihanna, Lady Gaga, every fucking Kesha, like I, yeah, every yeah. one of these women, you know, everything that's pop, it comes through the house, right? Uh, all right, so the first two Lady Gaga records, this is probably gonna ruin my street cred. <laughs> Come in. 
um, they're kind of tight. Yeah, they're really good. There's just like check this out. There's like the two. There's like the all the singles on it just sound like some shit to get attention. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, then the yeah, rest yeah, yeah. is like. This is a good love song. This is a good gospel <laughs> song. This is a good, like, you know, just just proficient. Like, she's mad normal. Lady, Lady Gaga? Yeah, but, like, good normal, though. It's actually interesting because she, the one of the reasons why I kind of think she's kind of bullshit is because she admitted in an interview that she used to pray at night to be weirder because she was too normal. That's that weird, was, though. No, it's That's not weird. weird. <laughs> no, that <laughs> means I think a valid I might, point. I, no, I don't think so. I've had that same thought. I would just never pray for it. I don't, you know, like. But if you prayed for it, you'd be weird. <laughs> or religious. <laughs> Same thing. Yeah. Same thing. Touché. <laughs> Anyways, back to it. Religion does make you weird. I digress. <laughs> All right. So, you do. When did? So, what was your? What? So, what kind of stuff were you like buying when you were get, kind of getting into hip hop? And so, so when I, I mean, yeah. I, so I was into Takaris t- One and Public Enemy and things like that. But it was really people like uh, Sage Francis and Atmosphere and all these when they was. Were, were coming out that that got me really excited about it. That I was again, I was buying early mixtapes and going to their their first shows in the UK and stuff like that. And that was the stuff that really made me insanely into it. And then the what stuff year that was motivated that? me. Just, just so like two thousand and two, okay. I guess so I'd were say. In, were you in university at the time? Two thousand three. Um, I was I was working in a record store. Oh yeah. So again, HMV. it was kind of yeah. I was working H and B, and I was it was good then because H and B became this huge thing. But H and B at that point. I, and me and my mate and Mark all did all the hip hop. So the H and V in our little area had everything off Rhyme Sayers, everything off Strange Famous, everything off Anticon and Def Jux and all this that's shit. Cool. Was because we could because we wanted to order it to, to listen to ourselves and that's cool and not have to buy it, just play it in the stock room. Yeah, it's so it's so strange. I, I feel like the thing about how like what a commodity like that kind of stuff was because I was I would just spend hours on Napster, yeah. just like waiting for one thing to download or like Kazaa or something, some kind of. And then it's just all everywhere and at your fingertips now. And it's weird because I'd still, I don't know if, there's been a few albums recently, but in general, most of the albums I absolutely love are from them days when I could only have, have one or two albums a month. Like That's all I could get. That's all I could afford or get hold yeah. of. And I knew them in and out. I've always said the one good thing about it is that it allows people to listen to more kinds of music. Because I remember when I was growing up, I was I, that's why I only listened to hip hop. I mean, yeah. it was my favorite, but... You're like, well, I can only afford my favorite, so I'm not going to get into. I didn't discover it's, it's rock why, music. It's yeah. why I loved working in a record store was because yeah. the dude who ran the jazz section knew his jazz, and the dude who ran the rock section knew his rock, so you could kind of get good stuff recommended rather than go, I want to try some jazz, play it. Oh, I don't like jazz. So have so record we, stores the in ones. the UK like kind of just gone the same way that they are in America? I mean, I guess they're kind of making a renaissance now. There are more vinyl shops popping back up, but are there? Yeah. Did all the record shops kind of close the, down? I mean, H and V was the last of the big chains, and they've. That they've shrunk like in the last few years they've about a quarter of the amount of stores that they used to have mm-hmm. and yeah again there's a few record stores but I mean even even b- b- being a fan of, of records I can buy most of my shit online there's yeah. there's cool independent record stores online so yeah. it's kind of yeah I'm bad at not supporting in the way I should particularly yeah. as as someone who's running a label and all yeah, sorts of other shit and it's kind of still it's like still I'll just order that and are most of your sales digital for the label or, or physical? Um, 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 most of them are online, yeah. but not necessarily digital. Like when we did a Sage's last album, we uh-huh. did it on on gold vinyl as a, a double gatefold thing. So it's That's kind cool. of we try and make that kind of interesting shit. Um, and like on, I had a, a a double album. Like my first album, I only made a thousand of originally, mm-hmm. and that started to go on eBay for tons of money. So I re-released it, 
with a live thing and I did that as this double thing but when you open it it's a pop-up book oh, so cool. kind of the discs pop out yeah and just trying to do interesting shit to yeah. go you can download it and that's cool but hopefully people want to buy some physical stuff too and yeah, I think that's where it spreads I think it'll be the dude that's got the good, the gold vinyl that's Instagramming about it and tweeting about it yeah his mates will all then go and just download it from iTunes or steal it but do you know what I mean? It's those guys who are going to be that passionate and pushing it onto their mates. So yeah. I think that counts. Yeah, I think it's a like a collector thing. It becomes like a collector thing, like kind of how like comic books kind of had the. Do you? I'm surprised you haven't had more Hellfire stuff in that. Collectible stuff. Because no, but I think a lot of um, a lot of the conversations about marketing when we talk, I always go back to like comic comic stuff you know yeah it's like this album cover should look like when someone like if this album is uh about like a rebirth and it should be about it should look like this dude's art when he was brought on to revamp superman or some shit like that you know yeah that's where all the ideas we steal all our ideas from i had lunch yesterday with a, a, a warren ellis really down with his obviously yeah. legendary yeah, what the a comic book writer. He's over at the moment, and again, yeah. it, it turns out he's from the town just up from me. Yeah, so yeah, we've yeah. kind of chatted online loads, and yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. dudes, the shit. Comic books are fucking. Whatever's happening to music now, like you know, it's it's like whatever's happening in music now with like the branding and like the drop in sales and all this shit. Yeah. Like they had to go through that shit, you know. Yeah, <laughs> like, and again, I think a lot of the statistics and 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 and, and the numbers in it are slightly warped because you mm-hmm. obviously physical has dropped hugely and digital has gone but again you don't know how much of that physical is driving the digital and stuff yeah. like that Do you know what I mean as I said the dude who's got it on CD in his car that his mates are all hearing it yeah, you yeah. can't actually check that and tick that off you'll then see well only one was sold and four were bought it's like mm. maybe those four were bought because they heard it mm-hmm. from that one guy that was mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's tough it's not I mean obviously that's a, a a bit of a fantasy as well of going too far on that but I think there is still you've got to get the dudes who are that passionate about it and give them good good shit yeah if you give them good shit they're going to want to share your job is i feel like our job is as an independent like art creator it's like you you send this to the people that you that are your immediate the numbers online or your friends and all that like that and if it's and if it's crack if it's if if it's you know uh viral enough or it's effective enough they're going to want to literally share it you know yeah and they might share it by you know, if I'll take one of Jeff's articles and show it to a friend. That shit doesn't get clicked. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It'll be it's already on exactly my phone. Exactly that. It's people you know? are genuinely passionate about it. And mm-hmm. I mean, with with my radio show in the UK, I've never been sent any Hellfire stuff, but I played loads of it because I'm because I'm into how'd it. How do you get it? So it's kind of I just again I just heard it on blogs and online, and again that then comes across. Yeah. If, if if it's something that a plugger has kind of said, oh, can you play this? Then you kind of here's this song. Whereas I mean, I got stick because I played something off Open Mike's album like every week for about three months because it was just this yeah. what I was listening Which to. Which record was it? Um, off the new one, off off Dark Comedy. Yeah, yeah, but what song? Um, oh, I, just, I played everything. I played yeah. I, I, again, the beauty of having a radio show where I could play what I, I wanted was mm. I could jump about on it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think yeah, I played four or five songs off that record, and again, people get that it's a passionate thing rather than. Here's the current single, and when I had it, uh, 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 when I had Young Fathers on, and when I had um, Around the Jewels on, both of them interviews, they got far more hyped because we were playing shit off the record, and it's just, just shit that I was feeling rather than here's the single that you go into every show and promo in at the moment. It's like 
That's this, one, the, this track's amazing. That's one of the things that disappoints me about American radio is that, like, it even the NPRs, and not to, like, diss the NPRs, but it... it Fuck NPRs! It makes me know <laughs> they don't play hip-hop, though, and it, it does bother me. Uh, they very rarely... They'll play occasionally hip-hop, but, like, you know, I, I understand there's certain things where, you know, you, you do have a demographic, blah, 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 all that bullshit, but on some level, like, I don't get why the Hellfire stuff doesn't get played or, like, you know, Bus isn't getting played that much on NPR. I mean, he has, but... I think that like Hellfire, as of now, like we're it's such a unformed idea that we don't necessarily have a home. That there's no like, yeah. like if you were to, we were talking about this the other day because knock on wood, we got a a, a meeting with BT in a few in a few days and. I mean, but it's like right now it's like a, a laughable, laughable idea. But, you know, I feel like I can have a conversation with Tavis Smiley. I can have a conversation with anybody like, you know, little Bow Wow. Yeah, even little Bow Wow silly ass, you know, <laughs> but there's no you can't say that it's a it's a college thing. You can't say that it's a street thing. You can't say that it's a black thing or a white thing or a ratchet thing or you, don't, you can't say yeah, any yeah. of that shit it doesn't have a fucking home. So I think people just have to be kind of just. You just say I like Hellfire stuff. Yeah, and that's you know? good. That's good d- developments as 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 well, man. That's what I like. I mean, mm-hmm. the first time we were releasing stuff over in over here in in, in the US, mm-hmm. I was shocked at how much it was like. Right, this is more for college radio, and this yeah. is for this, and this is for that. Whereas in the UK, we don't really have that. You like, just push this out and see what happens. Whereas it surprised me. It was like, so we're not even going to try with these people because you feel it should be here. Yeah. So it's kind of dope when you're hopefully yeah. doing stuff that can fit in everywhere do you know what I mean and yeah, kind yeah. of a lot of indie rappers were pretty huge like I, I think someone my friend is from, from London and he told me like people under the stairs were like massive yeah 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 and, and I, I didn't even realise they were from LA that's it it was one of the things the for, of, of, of doing the radio show was exactly that was realising that when Atmosphere come over when a brother Ali comes over when all these people come over they're playing the, the decent sized venues yeah without any radio support they're not doing any interviews they're not doing anything like that so it was more I started the show to go well cool I get to talk to these people then I'll get to go are you in town let's yeah. uh, let's chat so then um, should you want to you want to I, I want to say alright so this is what I noticed uh, doing low end there's you know the DJ Par 1 he's a French dude I know. he was from a group called TTC you know him right and basically and then even when I'm the first time I, I was in Europe, the 10 years ago that I told yeah. you where I never left L.A. basically or never left California. And then I went there is that like I'd be in like, you know, like a, a chain restaurant and they would play like Ain't No Fun yeah. next to like, uh, you know, uh, some super underground, some like some freestyle fellowship song, yeah. you know, and it, was just, it just blew my mind. And um DJ uh, DJ Par One he came came over to Low End and he like this was like when this is before the summer of the ratchet I called it or the trap summer before <laughs> trap was a really I want to say twelve or like like maybe like May of thirteen but I don't really remember the dates so I got to look at my emails but basically he uh you know because he he doesn't fucking put every or he you know I don't think the Europeans just put everything in like this no. box is just like hip hop all together yeah, yeah, yeah. so he was playing like you know a fucking a Jeezy song with a fucking you know a freestyle fellowship song and it really fit because that shit was like just the BPM was tight you know yeah. similar and the yeah, it, it was it was really cool I like how you guys look at it that's so, what, I mean that's what again that's what I try and, and do with my club night and again it gets m- mixed night. reactions I've got a club night as well I, I 
I'm, I'm working on everything. Um, London, London shots fired. <laughs> when I get back, I'm DJing your club night. Do it, when do I it. Get there, Come down. Yeah, 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 all over and that. We'll be on the radio show. That's those and, two yeah, things. Yeah, we'll do all of this. No, cause, and, and that was the Shameless thing. Shameless self-promoter. <laughs> I need to play the club night. But that's the thing. I think in, in a club night, you, you want to hear the, the bangers, mm. but then a lot of the bangers will go with some bangers that, that they don't know are bangers yet. And if it's all presented correctly and mixed in together, then you're playing... You've got a room full of people going nuts to to run the jewels or to kill a Mike's a solo record and yeah. shit like that. It's like there's club b- bangers on there, which in the UK people haven't heard much. It's well, like yeah, it's just fascinating it's how in, like people do like especially in hip hop they divided things and like we've always talked a bunch of, about uh, like how freestyle fellowship where they got pigeonholed right from the get go as yeah. these organic hippie natural and like one of the guys served like seven years in jail yeah, for like yeah. robbery and like. Peace was too weird to sign to death row. He was too, ho- too scary. Too crazy. too crazy to sign to death row. And, like, that's the funny thing. But, like, everyone, you know... The- do, do you think he ever prayed he'd be weirder? Do you think that ever was <laughs> ever anything he did at night? <laughs> it's just, like... So it's just weird how, like, a, you know, and they everyone, like, we... Especially hip-hop fans, I think, in America, like, we divide... It's just the variation as well. I think in the UK, when... Because we were newer to hip-hop, we just put everything under hip-hop. In the US, there's a million types totally. of hip-hop. And, again... Sage Francis in an interview recently said a, a line that was just perfect saying when someone talks to me about hip hop I can no longer assume that we're talking about the same thing yeah and again it's completely true there's so much stuff that like, I struggled for years describing our stuff because it's kind of hip hop kind of spoken word it can mm. be dancey in places and I knew in the UK if I said oh I do hip hop then people would either go oh I'm not into 50 cent or oh I'm into 50 cent and he'd be like I don't want either of those reactions. Yeah. I, I, that's, that's nothing to do with, with what I do. So for years, it was kind of... Again, we're at a beautiful point now where you don't need to describe it because because of everyone's... like. If you want to know what I sound like, I can take my phone out and you can look at what I, like, hear what I sound like straight away. So you don't need those labels as much. But. So so then had you been um, had you been like writing kind of spoken word and poetry stuff before you kind of started making hip hop? I got into... This is always a, a bone of contention with the spoken word scene if there is such a thing. Um... I got into spoken word because I'd been in bands and that and I was sick of relying on band members. I hated the fact that a drummer needs his mum to get his kit to the studio that day or we can't take that gig because the bassist is working a night shift. It's like I'd started spoken word because it was one thing that I could succeed or fail on my own. I knew and I then did fall in love with I love Gil Scott Heron and Saul Williams and all these other people but at the time I started it out of necessity. It was like right I can do this on my own and like I'd kind of I'd, I'd been saving up working in a record shop and I quit and said I'll give myself a year trying to do this as a career. Um, and yeah, spoken word was one I knew I could just tour about doing it on street corners and doing it wherever. But it was always intertwined with hip-hop and with a beats. The music I'd listened to was, was hip-hop. I hadn't listened to tons of spoken word or tons of poetry or anything. So whilst it started off... We, like kind of a cappella, it always had a flow and a rhythm, and and the name Scroobius came from Edward Lear. Yeah, an Edward Lear poem. Again, p- 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 people misconceive me to be really e- educated because of that. Um, I read the Edward, I read the name Scroobius Pip in a, a book of of cat names, mm. um, and then I looked it up and I liked it, and you know it, it came from more than that. So I researched it. But everyone's like, oh, you must read a lot of nonsensical old British poetry. It's like, no, I was looking at a book of cat names on the counter at H&B. <laughs> um, and that's, that's where that comes from. So, um, I'm, 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 yeah, my 
education is is mis is misrepresented. So then you <laughs> then you just pressed up a thousand records yourself. Were yeah, I'd saved up and I'd I'd been writing again on the back of till receipts and shit like that. And me and my mates would just write this raps about other people that work there and just exchange that. And so I, I saved up and recorded this record and, and made a thousand. And then I just heard about just just playing on street corners and shit. And I realised kind of quick that you don't necessarily want to just go where the people are. Like I play in town centres. People there don't want to hear spoken word. Oh, I'd, I'd beatbox into a loop pedal or I'd like some, some backing tracks. So I figured quite quickly, touring about, I'd look at who was playing in town that night. Because so if, say, Atmosphere or, or Buck or any of these are playing in town or Mr. Scruff, they're literally going to get everyone in that town that might be my target audience and literally line them up against a wall. Which I can then turn up and go, here you go. You like you, you're paying for a gig. You're here to watch stuff being performed. Here's an extra performance for free. I never ask for money because I think b b busking psychologically puts you on the back foot as a as a as a, a listener. Like if yeah. people are coming up to me at a show in the queue and are like, "Did you like hip hop?" Yeah. I, I buy my record and shit like that. I'm instantly like, "No, no, 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 I'm getting it." Whereas if you're like, "Here's some stuff." I'm on MySpace and shit like that. Come, come back. But if, rather than being just trying to get money off from there and then. So then, um, was Thou Shall Not Kill on that original pressing? Um, no, it wasn't. So then, but on that original pressing and on that tour, I got booked by Dan Lasak, who I worked with on that. And, oh, yeah. and, and Thou Shall Always Kill was the first song that we wrote together. And that just kind of blew up. We had £200 to, to make the video and it got us to America to go to, to to Japan Europe everywhere that's great was it all MySpace at that point or was it MySpace, like MySpace was yeah, YouTube or, or, or YouTube yeah so MySpace YouTube just kind of building that initial hype and, and YouTube being the one that because we had a video that that people liked it was yeah. cheap but people liked it it kind of it just spread spread all from there and that's how say Francis heard of us and signed us to Strange Famous and yeah all that kind of all came from that initial one but then from then until now pretty much that was 2006 from then until now we've been touring pr pretty much consistently and going right rather than going oh we've got a youtube hit we were like right let's turn that into a career and a fan base yeah. by gigging constantly yeah and putting it all out there so how big was hip hop so grime was obviously a pretty big thing also like yeah i mean it was a weird thing that we didn't fit in any scene uh -huh. so we came up with Adele and Kate Nash and, and people like that and we were, were gigging with them more so than than the grime scene and the rap scene and uh, yeah it was another one it was, it was it was again that kind of thing of we didn't fit, fit, fit into any one category which made labels a bit scared of us but it meant career wise it meant we were being uh, listened to by the rap kids by the indie kids by the punk kids my my buddy, I got a friend, uh, a childhood friend who I recently started hanging out with, and he's in the, in the stocks now, and all he talks about is the stock shit. Yeah, yeah. And he's just like, yeah, man, in the stock market, that's the only market where if something is on sale, nobody buys it. Yeah. You know? And I'm like, no, same way in music. Yeah. Like, the labels can see, like, there's, like, you know, just for the sake, like, if I see something, I'm like, this is interesting. And it's it is it's it's creating its own lane. You can see that from the beginning, especially if once you get like thirty, you're like, oh, I've experienced everything like seven times before. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like they kind of since they have their money invested in it a little bit, they're kind of afraid to do it. But like 
Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'd invest in you yeah, if I would have yeah, saw yeah. that, you know? Yeah. I mean, but yeah. again, I, I, I like that. I like that we, I mean, we had some major labels interested and we ended up going with an independent label. And again, I think it's why we're still here doing it now rather than having gone crazy and then burn out or get dropped or, well, or I whatever. I say so. that, like, you know, if I were... I understand why every artist ends up signing with a major label. I mean, it does make sense. Everyone wants to shoot for the biggest yeah. possible audience. But it seems that there's also the highest proportion to completely fail. Because yeah. you see, so I always I always talk about like Mr. Motherfucking Esquire, right? That guy was a perfect example of somebody who, you know, and I, it, it's funny because I wrote, we actually had like a little internet squabble uh, because I wrote that he was a really good underground rapper. And I didn't mean that as an insult. I meant that actually as a compliment because, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, he had a song and... But he ends up, you know, getting he had a cool video that I think a lot of people liked and got gets the major label deal and then they don't put out your music and you can't put out mixtapes because they don't let you well, and then s- s- sit on albums and just hold shit. Three back years and, later, yeah. nothing's happened and your buzz is completely dissipated and then people, you know, I feel like if you don't capitalize on it immediately, then you're- you got to kind of force their hand from what I can see from the outside mm-hmm. and also. Like a good underground rapper, like I think labels, they're all like, especially the people like the A and R's that I know specifically that have that are working at Interscope and have worked with Interscope, yeah. they're all looking for Tupac. Yeah, they're looking for the guy that is like, no, we're not looking for somebody that's gonna fucking, you know, put out a hit. Or Drake Parker, but they're looking <laughs> for like the guy that's going to change everything all the time. Yeah. That's like you know every time you fucking bowl, you're trying to get a strike or some shit. Yeah, which will fucking make your hand tired, I guess. You know. Yeah, but, but that's it. I mean, I think I think it's changing now. I think there is worth in if you can do it as 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 your own label, for example. I think if you're, and again, I think that's not as easy a thing as a lot of people think. A lot of people just know no rap or no music and don't know, wouldn't be fit to do the business side of it but if you can do that then we're at a time now where everything can be spread and shared so much that you can not necessarily get as big as signing to a major but you're getting a lot more of everything yeah, you do you know what I mean coach, you're not splitting uh, this like, or sharing this you can still play you can get that coverage you can get around the whole world and it's kind of but not having to sh- share with anyone I think it's yeah I, th- I think it's um, I've just released a thing of it's actually a spoken a word thing I did at Edinburgh Fringe, but I'm trying. I'm releasing it on the label, but I'm trying it out the way that Louis C.K. and all the comedians yeah. did, where they just took it back and said it's five dollars. That's that. And again, like the music industry isn't doing that yet. I think it's partly because of the grip iTunes has got on everyone. And that's yeah. if this was if this wasn't a video thing, I wouldn't be trying it out. As a video thing, it's worth trying out because iTunes hasn't got a grip on that. But just going, it's only available on, on my website. It's a fiver. Yeah. And then, but you reap all the benefits of that rather than that being split among tons of people and all these totally. different distro well, you costs. you will see me. You just got nominated. Congratulations, by the yeah, way. Yeah, thank you very much. For yeah. uh, an, uh, an AIM thank award. Thank you very much. Which is not AOL Instant Messenger. <laughs> <laughs> independent music award yeah so that, that but yeah, I mean all of that is it depends if that's in your g- genes though right because I think on that like with all the videos I direct all the videos and we've made all the videos that but not everyone should do that because yeah. if you're into that then it works but if you're like here's what we've got to do we've got to direct it all and release it all ourselves for a lot of people that would just end your career and that's that so yeah I guess it's the right I don't know man I, I like I feel like 
Like Tiger's best video is hookah. He directed it himself. Well, Tiger's that is a special example. ASAP Rocky's <laughs> clearly not a video director, but directs videos himself. But even if you do it yourself, it's like like when a, like a lot of the creators obviously maybe more video directors yeah. than might be around. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's, he's gonna make big movies. He, yeah. I think so too. But I feel like you know, like it's always it's charming when a rapper sings a chorus, even though he can't sing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If if you just so happen to fucking have like you know Miguel's in the studio next door, you, you know, you know, and, and if he really likes a song, that's get him on you, that. That's how you owe you you owe you know. Yeah. Because Future like that, like Future was next door. Yeah. That's actually how Ghetto Superstar came to be. Yeah. Really? Like ODB was just in the studio randomly, and Maya and Br- can you imagine that song with just Maya and Praz? Yeah. <laughs> like that's no. Insane. But ODB was there, and like he just apparently freestyled the whole thing. Which probably Jizza wrote <laughs> like two years prior. <laughs> Damn. Fun fact. What? Fun fact. Well, ODB was using old Jizza verses? Yeah, he was actually. They were all, I think, writing for ODB. Like ODB, I don't think he ever wrote any of his. Li- I think he freestyled a lot of them. Oh, shit. Does, does it, can you imagine, like, ODB, nope. like, like, you know, writing, like, Baby, I Got Your Money? <laughs> He's sitting there, like, candlelit, burning incense. <laughs> I think Little Wayne. I should. Yeah. I mean, I I think Little Wayne has been getting shit ghostwritten. I think a, I think all those dudes get shit ghostwritten for. I liked when we had Riff Raff on, which will this will air afterwards, and he was like, how talking about how like he's like no one has ever ghostwritten for me. Like he was very adamant about that because how could you ghostwrite for Riff Raff? Yeah. What do you feel about ghostwriting? Um, I don't know. It's it's not something I've ever. I've I've had people hit me up before asking if I'd perform other people's stuff. But again, it's that thing. I think it's that weird thing of where when I'm writing, I've got the video in mind and everything else. So I I'm not looking to rap. I'm I'm talking about stuff because I'm into it and excited to talk about it and to to rap it. So I'd feel weird. I think you only ghostwrite or have ghostwritten stuff if you're on a major label and you're huge and that yeah. needs to be done. I guess if you're doing your own thing anyway, yeah, you don't need that. I tell, I tell, them if they're trying to get a hit, like, you know what I mean? Like, say you're on a major label and you're like French Montana and you're like, if I don't have Ain't Worried About Nothing written for me, then I don't have a hit. So I get that. Every time I go on tour and I'm like staring out of a fucking train window alone, I think, I think about my friends. And I try to write, this happens every time. I try to write somebody a song every time I go. Yeah. And then I come back and I offer them a song. I'm like, hey, I wrote this song for you. And they're like, keep it for yourself. You for sure. I mean, I like the idea of it. <laughs> that song was amazing. But it never came out, obviously. I want to put it out next, no, next I month. You to put, yeah, no. He dumbfounded oh. to his credit only writes his own shit. On that front, I, I, I like the idea of that. I, I, I like the idea of writing for someone else. Like, years ago... Um, I wrote some stuff for the the the, the, the prodigy, um, the dance band, the prodigy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They hit me up to write some stuff for Keith, and I was too young and ignorant then. I wrote Scroobius Pip type lyrics yeah. for Keith Flynn, which is, is is ridiculous. And again, they're kind of open about it's a collective of yeah. collective pool of where the inspiration comes from. So it's not going to piss yeah, anyone off. But it, yeah. yeah, but but now I love the idea of getting in someone else's head and trying to write for them and from their perspective and their yeah. and their style. Well, it's just at that point I wrote I think one of the ones I wrote was a complete history of hip hop and joking on the fact that all the early prodigy stuff as sampled um 
Ultramags totally. and talking about how yeah. Ultramags were, a, were one of the first to really use prominent samples and then the irony that this is a Prodigy song yeah. and Keith was just <laughs> using Ultramag and yeah. so I wrote all this and it's like as if Keith Flint is going to just get up there and you know he needs to shout and smack my bitch up and shit like that so <laughs> Well, I read somewhere you you said that like uh, all all what you write is fiction in some way. Yeah, yeah. I generally write a fiction. Again, I live in a small town in Essex, and I I like that. I like to write. I'll, I'll write a lot of it in first person, and it will come across mm-hmm. as as personal. But I'll generally I'll I'll draw from personal experience constantly. But yeah, I feel a lot of the stuff I write is dark and some serious like about suicide and about spouse abuse, all kind of shit like that. And I felt if I wrote a direct story of something that happened to me or something that happened to someone near to me and then turned around and went, that's available now for for, for $5. I'd feel kind of, I'd feel kind of like a piece of sh- shit there. So I, I'd rather take experiences and write new stories. Yeah. Kind of my, you shouldn't feel bad if you did it. You, just, well, a, you shouldn't feel bad if you did it. It's all right. Particularly if it was about song. someone else though. Particularly if it was about someone else's story. Well, someone else's very, dark yeah. story of there's a self-harm or some shit. And I'm like... Yeah, that's some good. I, I, I can. Ah, oh, fuck. There's a famous quote. I, I um, it eludes me who said it, but it's like when a the quote is like when a writer is born, uh, like it's a death in the family, because he just sells out everybody yeah. in the family. Yeah. <laughs> you're Completely. Like, every writer, every writer, and particularly on the on the more poetry spoken word scene, because we're all fucking crying at candlelight and shit. Every every writer, when something bad or emotional happens in their life, it will tear them apart. But there'll be a moment just as they're falling asleep where I think I can probably get a decent like record, two records out of this. Maybe you know, it's it, it, it's always there. It's that kind of you're going through the dark times. There's that that slight candle going. Yeah, that was shit. But this next record's going to be. Is tight. that like ca- is that a capitalism thing where you're like, look, I need. Like the real shit sells. Yeah, we all need to do, Mama. You gotta have that, that capitalism mind if you're gonna be p- putting out your own shit. It's yeah. like, what worked last time? Oh, they they liked it when I was really depressed. Oh, I see, I see. I've just yeah. I've just been through some bad times, so let's turn that round with a, a hit record. I'm only dating the most <laughs> fucked up bitches. I'm going exactly. to every family Slug. funeral. <laughs> like, how much did Slug get from Lucy? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so much. Like yeah. you know more about Lucy than like he grew up. yeah, seriously. Yeah. That's exactly, and as I was saying before as well, with the new Sage album, this feels like a plug now because I put it out on on, on my label in the UK. But when I first heard that, it was a real mixed emotion because I We're think here to plug things, yeah, but but yeah, yeah, sure, that's fair. <laughs> no one's getting paid here. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it was that thing of it was one of the best. A, a, a few of the records on there are as good as anything Sage has ever done, but. You also listen to it and know he's had to go through a shit few years to yeah. write this record. So it was that that weird mix of emotion. Like, man, I'm really sorry for Sage, but I'm really glad for this record because it's fucking yeah. it's a great record. But he's been through some shit, and I think that's yeah, that's the same with with uh, uh, loads of music. You've got that. I don't know. I guess that's your therapy in a way or the yeah. way of turning it into a positive well sometimes i'll like interview rappers and like the only way i can get them to give a good answer to me is if i actually quote their lyrics back and be like you said this yeah because like that's the only way otherwise they'll kind of just wriggle out of it and won't actually yeah. tell you the yeah, truth yeah, completely do what now with the new album kind of what you mentioned it's it's a this is your you're not doing you did a solo album before though. so i did a solo album before and again it was that i oh, a one song on that introduction which was our, the biggest single off that record um, 
was made by Danny Lonna and had Travis Barker on drums and all that. And but I didn't come out here for any of it mm. because I'm getting emails off Danny, and I've heard about the ULA people. I know everyone's got loads of connections. And everyone, like, he's, he's he's emailing me saying I'm going to get this person on this. I'm going to get this person on this. So I was like, all right, man. I'm sitting at home in Essex, like. Cool man, we'll, we'll <laughs> use you make that happen, yeah. and then we'll see. And in the end, he got a Travis on there, and he got Amila Jovovich to sing backing vocals and shit like that. So after that happened, I was like, right, now I need to come out here and and make all these things happen and meet with these people and and see. Whereas first, I was cautious of like, this is just some LA talk of we're gonna get all these people on the record. It's gonna be amazing. By the way, I really resent that whole thing about the LA people. <laughs> I understand that. Until I get a check in my fucking deposit in my account, not deposit, clears, then I don't believe anything anyone tells me. I think that happens all the time. I gotta say, this is the third time I've been out here to work on this record and I've been in the studio once and I'm about to go into the studio for the second time because it's LA. That's a bad. <laughs> Four hours to start this podcast. Yeah, that's, that's a valid point. Yeah, it's a valid point. But it just so happens there was a good reason. There's a there fucking jazz is. band there that always took is. over. <laughs> the fucking jazz band took over. Great jazz band. Breathing effect. Plug. Not for me. I don't. I don't. I don't have a label. But that's exactly. Yet. I mean, I'm, I'm. I'm cool with it. I just had yeah. to adapt and get my my mindset of right. That's how things work. I'm mm-hmm. fine. I'm ready for this. And you worked with you worked with Flux Pavilion too on the last. Yeah, record. yeah. So Flux did um, a track on. Yeah, on the. So you and you and watched the throne. Huh? You and watched the throne. Yeah, yeah. That was that. <laughs> that's, that's the two. What did, what did he do on Watch the Throne? Uh, he did a beat on Watch the Throne. I forgot which yeah. one. I can't. Stop. I can't. I can't. Stop. Yeah, they just stole the beat. Song and rap over. Yeah. Typical Kanye. <laughs> he loves doing that. And he's, yeah. again, he's brilliant he's at so it. He's so smart at it. He, he, he's the second respect. I mean, I guess I can respect Drake, sort of. I just don't like... I, 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 you kind of have to like Kanye, even though you hate Kanye, a little bit. Because Kanye, at least, like, you believe Kanye. Like, there's no, like... That's the thing about Kanye. Like, he might be full of shit, but he's honest to... Like, I was going to say, I don't believe Kanye, but I believe that Kanye believes Kanye. Exactly, exactly. So it's a weird kind of yes. weird circle of yeah. it is nonsense, but he truly believes oh, it's totally. not nonsense. Like, he is so not like, right, purposely cool. saying false. Like, everything no. that Kanye makes perfect sense in his head yeah he just doesn't maybe articulate it the way he wants to but you can't really deny the music is you know even Jesus, which like there are like podcasts of me like where i'm like making fun of it mercilessly that i wish were deleted off the internet but um <laughs> there i mean it was pretty good ultimately like, we were talking about it earlier you know like yeah. we're talking about how you know it's not the first time that anyone ever no, made ex- yeah exactly we're saying i, I got some stick because i referred to kanye in that as as, as the madonna of hip-hop and everyone thought that was an insult, but it's not because Madonna's n- notorious for f- finding what's dope and then making it, making a pop version of it. And Kanye does that, and that's and you fine. Know you know what's kind of funny? We were, sorry, like we were talking about <laughs> this the other day. We were, you know, talking about this in the last episode, kind of where Sage Francis obviously got a lot of shit for being oh white guy indie rock, but then influenced yeah. Dewan Parker, who ends up producing for Dre, and it comes full circle, and vice yeah. versa. You know, I was doing. I just did a big story on, on Mad Villain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking to Jeff Jank, and one of the inspirations was for the artwork was the first Madonna cover. Yeah. So it's just, you know. It all kind of, again, it's, it's fine. People can't get sensitive or have issues over the fact that people influence shit. And people, if it's, generally if it's huge, there's very little chance that they're the first person to be doing this. Because it needs to have been polished and road tested before it gets... To that, right? Check this out, man. We are, we all like Death Grips, or we may not. I don't yeah, know. I love Death Grips. All right. Have you heard of Blackie? Yeah. 
Yeah, like, you know, like, that shit's like, and I'm pretty sure, maybe Blackie's the first. I feel we're doing that shit, too. There's always, like, and even, like, me being, like, when I was a kid at at Project Blow, every fucking idea that I thought was original, I picked up on my way there by seeing somebody or, like, there's no such thing as an original idea. People need to get comfortable with the fact that that's not an insult or not a bad thing. It's like, you're doing it your way. And that's fine. It doesn't mean it, you don't have to reinvent the wheel every time you yeah, put I mean, a record out. Even like when you're writing, like you know, I think it's like different, like than music. But like sometimes I'll, I'll like read. I like love reading writers that are as good or better than me because yeah, you, it's like you flip it like a sample. You know what I mean? Like you, you're you're not like we were talking about how Grandmaster Flash would like listen to like these records and be like, yeah, yeah, no, that's yeah. like the, that the tiny one little second bit, yeah. little clip that I want. And then you you take the, even with writing, you're like, oh, that that's an interesting idea. And then you kind of flip it in your own way. I think yeah. it's hugely important on that. I think it's it's key to be to have shit that still excites you that isn't you. Do you know what I mean? The stuff that you're like, damn, I didn't even know you could do hip hop like that. And that's that's key to 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 motivating you. If you and it's kind of dope that Kanye has that then because yeah. he's yeah. Kanye. He doesn't have to. He could just be sitting there going, I'm fucking Kanye West. This is it now. But it's, it's good that he's still going. Damn, I need to I need to to take it this route. He's still his head's still in the game. Yeah, this this is what I can say. He's you know. He's married a Barbie doll, yeah. you know. Like this is like he's no, like the the rap no, no, no. the rapper. He married a Bratz doll. He married a Bratz doll. <laughs> yeah, he's he still you know it's it's still all the dream. Like all the dream is like I want to be a fashion designer. He's staying very, very, uh, very inspired. He's still making challenging rap records. I mean, and that's kind of like what he did like back on College Dropout, which was like, oh, I'm gonna just take these soul samples and flip them, which he's been doing forever. But that was like the shit that that was happening in underground hip hop. Yeah. Then you know, and now all the fucking super noisy shit. He's like, he has to, it, it would have to happen, and yeah. you know, he, you know, I mean, I just end up listening to it a year later because. Jesus, do you still listen? No, I just I just heard it for the first time a year later. You never heard? You, well, we played Jesus briefly. Yeah, but I wasn't paying attention. No. Yeah. I'm yeah. the same. I've I've I played a, a couple of the songs off of Jesus on the radio show, but I don't think I've really I've not taken in the record in yeah. any way yet. I still yeah. need to kind of. You know, he's interesting because he's one of the few artists that, like, I feel are at that level where they're so big that people actually can all talk. You can talk about them and everyone gets it. And I, yeah. I feel there's so few of them. You know, like in, especially in hip hop, I don't think there are that many. They don't mint new celebrities that often. I mean, again, yeah, it's exactly. Well, that, they're like though, future it's, it's size. Kanye West you know, like. stops being hip hop in a way. He's he's Kanye West. That's yeah. a, it's a different thing. There's hip hop, and there's totally. you know, it, 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 they, there's a few that get to that level where it's not even a conversation about rap anymore. It's a conversation about this own this individual entity that is Kanye. That's a mixture of all these different. With your own things. career, was there ever a moment where you you know we kind of talked about it earlier, but was there ever a moment where you were, I want to, you know. I mean, the last album you guys put out was the highest charting one I yeah, saw. It was yeah, like number yeah. 22. Yeah. Was there, did you consider signing a major label? Did you, did you or when, did you realize it would on, be compromised? On the first record, because we, because that's always cool. Like we literally, we sent it to one person on radio and it, it blew up. And so we were completely unprepared. So we spoke to a load of majors. And number one, I was kind of annoyed that I thought all the independents we spoke to had be on point and understand it and all the majors would be idiots but have money and it wasn't the case it kind of threw me that we went to a few majors who got all the references who got everything and a few indies who were like are we going to make you the new Desi Rascal or Kano or whoever mm. the grime which 
it wasn't her thing. He was the smooth one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wiley was the other one. Yeah, Wiley. I liked Kalashnikov. Kalashnikov was rowdy. I liked Kalashnikov. He yeah. was my favorite. I like Ghetto MC. Ghetto yeah. MC. Yeah. I didn't really like Pure Grime. I mean, like, I, like it just. You're, you need, you need to cut. It just yeah, I needed it like I like. So you, were you constantly because I, I obviously in you Grime know, was never much. Like, it's taken the streets, me years were to get you in the streets. So like, I dug the streets. I thought the dude is a great st- storyteller, and I think yeah. there's a lot of good and bad across it. But I think the dude can tell a story. Um, I know. I remember the, I won the first time Sage was over him just ripping into the streets and i can see from a hip-hop side yeah the streets because the dude he can't rap first time i heard he can him tell a story he just kind of talks in a weird way but he i think he's good at what he does first it's time not- yeah first time i heard him i was like i think an ex-girlfriend played it for me in the car and i was like this is the worst thing i've ever heard yeah turn this shit off heard him like six months later realized if you don't look at it as rap it's yeah, really it's good you're music. comparing it to something that it isn't it's very yeah. much and again even, like, the, even the, production, like the production is so basic and weird yeah you know, it's not. It doesn't really bang hard. It's, yeah. but it works. Never heard of it. The streets. Never heard it. I never heard it. You never heard yeah. the streets. I never heard it. I never listened to a song. You would like it. He gets pretty emo. Nah, nah. I like my emotions. I don't fuck with him. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he does it in a complicated way that you would respect. Nah, fuck that. And then he kind of it's, gets in the narrative. His second album was just a complete narrative, like one story from beginning to end. And where like they're trying oh, to look in. It no, it's good. It's like you're trying to find where the money it is. Sounds like the worst thing in the world. And it's like, <laughs> it yeah, does. generally that's the thing. The story I is won't spoil it him for losing you. some money somewhere. Yeah. So, that, so it's not even some crazy audacious story. It's but like, then it's I've lost some money. It's like an analogy for fucking <laughs> life. survival. I lost my will to survive. No, it's like, I don't know, I maybe related to it. It's like losing money, then you're like high. You're like, I guess I'll just smoke these roaches it's like my whole life i'm like ah how am i gonna get more money i'll smoke this weed <laughs> anyway this takes you nowhere. that gets me no- yeah then i'm like oh, i'm high and i don't know what i'm doing um but yeah anyway as i was any, saying before any. we got very distracted <laughs> yeah. by the streets um no it, it was on on the major front we were tempted but it, it worked right to do the independent thing now i'm releasing my stuff on my own label mm-hmm. i'd struggle to go anywhere else because i just love that complete yeah. control over everything but I'm not against majors. I think I'm only against majors if they're influencing the the record in a way. Like yeah. we, when we would be in, or when we were talking to majors, we had our finished record. If someone's got tons of money and they're going to put out the record you've made anyway, there's nothing wrong with that in my mind. That's fucking yeah. cool. It's like you get a shitload of money there if you're changing it. What you're to, saying is you hate record labels, but you love investors. Yeah, yeah, damn right, <laughs> damn right. And it, generally, th- that's the way things are going now as as well. This kid. This kid Itch who supported us on our last tour, he's been signed by Red Bull, yeah. and they pay they 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 it's a sponsor. Im- they invest a lot, but he has complete creative control. Their basic proviso is, can you make something that's kind of cool and that people are going to be down with? Yeah. And the first time I heard about it, I was like, that's awful. That's just corporate horribleness. But then you talk to him, and it's like, even if they're doing a tour and it's not making tons, or the record isn't selling, that's not Red Bull's main. F- focused because they spend millions on marketing and advertising anyway so if they're like well we want it to be good and credible we don't really care about the turnover and result it's like that doesn't sound awful to me it doesn't sound awful to me is again initially i was like that's the worst thing in the world hearing it actually and watching it happen it's like damn i can well it's interesting it was like that's like sony back in the day like they were making records so you bought fucking record players not yeah, so you yeah, bought yeah, yeah, music yeah, yeah, you know <laughs> like it's, yeah it's just interesting i mean 
the reason I've not toured over here in in a good like th- three four years is the amount it costs to come yeah. from and bring equipment or whatever and do a run and it's it's a kind of a tough thing because you want to break even i'm not on a major and all that but then if you had someone who's going to say i will pay for that yeah it's kind of fucking cool (laughs) you know i don't i can't hate on that now since like thou shalt not go um or thou shalt go yeah um you know, how's your, like, philosophy changed now? Because, like, when you first started that, you're kind of, like... Loads. The rebellion. You know what I mean? You're, like... I, I, it's, and I've... I empathize with that sometimes because when I first started writing about, like, music, I would, like, just rip on everything. I think that's essential, and I completely yeah. fluked it on that song because the last l- line... Or n- number one, a lot of it, it contradicts. Yeah. Well, I thought that was kind of... I thought it that's was, like, satirical, yeah, too. Yeah, there's, there's loads of contradictions yeah. meant to be because the last line is, is that show, Think For Yourself. The last yeah. line of a song that spent three minutes telling you how to think and what to do <laughs> totally. says basically ignore all of that shit. Yeah. So, but yeah, like, like people hit me up all the time and go, oh, you said this in this song or whatever and you're changing that. And I was like, yeah, I hope I'm changing. Yeah. Again, I've always hated that thing of people assuming that change is a dirty <laughs> word. What's up? Watch out. <laughs> is he the Boston oh, Terror? <laughs> I pointed him in the right. <laughs> she does not like your opinions. Direction, yeah. yeah. Is it just that thing of? Is he? You want to get on this? <laughs> you want to get on the mic? We've never had a dog on this podcast. So I won't allow it now. <laughs> yeah. Get the fucking dog off the mic. <laughs> He's he, What do you think about independent hip hop? <laughs> <laughs> that was perfectly timed and delivered. Um, yeah. So I, I, I hate the fact that people have this idea that change is a bad thing or a dirty mm-hmm. word. I hope I've changed a fuckload since my first record came out whether that be on record or just in life you know i want yeah. that i want to be progressing and changing my views and opinions that's kind well, of it's just funny i feel like it's the same thing with politics actually and it's like yeah there are politicians that are wishy-washy but then there's people that have nuanced thought that maybe change their opinions on something yeah. and that's like i feel ultimately you're thinking harder if you I was talking to, to my brother the other day about tattoos which sounds like i'm going off on a fucking weird tangent <laughs> but honestly it makes sense and he's not got any any tattoos and i was saying why haven't you? And he was saying, there's some quotes he'd wanted to get, but, and I thought he was going to say, um, you know, it might seem shit in a year's time, but it was the kind of opposite. He was saying, if I get this quote tattooed on me, it will be harder subconsciously for me to change my mind on that. If I mm. g- g- grow along the way and I don't agree with that anymore, because I've got it, I'll be like, it will, I'll be more married to that idea and won't be able to freely develop my thoughts and ideas um, as freely as I'd like to. And I kind of, yeah. Yeah. So, so then, and it's the same thing. It's like you, all of us put our thoughts on record, and it's a thought we had at that time in that moment, and now it's on record and recorded. And fuck, we've changed our opinion. It's like no, that's that's fine. <laughs> I, I personally tell people like, oh, how do you feel? And I'm just like, yeah, I was 19. Yeah. I'd be like, nah, I was 23. Yeah. Yeah, like. That was just a thought. Like, just it's just a thought you had at the time, and yeah. it's great that you've connected to it. Maybe you've connected to it too much, man. Maybe this shouldn't. Have, maybe your whole philosophy on life shouldn't have come from a rap record. Maybe it should have come from a couple of more things thrown into the mix. I mean, I, I, I think the rappers are the end all, be all of advice. Personally, <laughs> yeah, yeah I've learned so much from. Like, I think Danny Brown said something really valuable about like how like. E40 was really wise. No, su- super wise. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> not so much wise. But but if if corrupt gave a fuck about a bitch, he'd always be broke. He'd never have any motherfucking endo to smoke. It's really just saying that, you know, I mean, if you, if you break through the harsh language and everything, 
Is she just saying, look, dude, you're going to have to spend your money on these dates. You're going to have to pay her half of the rent when she <laughs> fucking sees a pair of shoes she really likes that costs her half of the rent. You know? Yeah. One of the it's first things we did that, that blew us up, like we did some virals and shit, and we did one that was a fake X Factor audition, and we did Ain't No Fun. So it's me and Dan just standing there, and we've cut it all in with, with Simon Cowell and all that. People come up to me and go, oh, I remember when you were on X Factor. That was some funny shit. It's like, that never happened. You realize that? But it was ex- exactly there. It just sung Ain't No their, Fun. Pop their bubbles. It's just cr- a craziness. But yeah, perfect song to do on, on a. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, dude, if, if, you, if you, you know, if you give a fuck about a bitch, then the little, the little cool stuff in your life, like weed or comic books or video games or going to sports games, that's it goes. That's I all. Need, I need to ask you guys an important question. Question off of that record, Snoop says, um, I treat a bitch like a seven up. I never have, I never will. Oh, yeah, I've never known what the fuck that, that means. That wasn't ever, I, I did not know either because I think we were a little too young for it. But I think in the 70s, that was an advertising campaign because Snoop really. is old, yeah. And that was, I think, an advertising campaign where, like, I think seven up, never seven have, up never slogan will. was seven up, never have, never will. Go, I've like never that. got it. I was like, is he saying he's never <laughs> had a seven up? Is, is, that, is, is he saying he's never had a woman and he never had it? It was baffling, will, or, and I had to ask people about that, yeah. If, oh, that makes sense, and if it's some, I still don't get it. I'm Googling it now. It's on YouTube, I'm sure. So I was going to say, and you, so you and Dan Lissack, your original plan was three albums. Yeah. And now you guys are, I mean, obviously it's... Yeah, I mean, I'm a kind of, I'm a big fan of, <laughs> this is, I mean, topical actually, as we've just recently, there was the death of, of, of the wonderful uh, Robin uh, uh, Williams, who you were b- b- bumping on the way over here. Yeah. And I, I talk about suicide and stuff like that a lot on, on record, but I've... <laughs> I kind of have a different uh, view on it at times. I've always felt if I was to ever kill myself, and I'm not looking to, don't panic. If I was to ever kill myself, it'd be when I'm feeling great and I'm at the top and going, yeah, this is cool. I've done, I've smashed this. I'm kind of happy to check out here. And that's the kind of thing that it is, is with this record. This is, we'd planned to do three. Number one, it's crazy to get to do three on an independent label. And number, it was like, this is our biggest selling, our most critically acclaimed, and our tour is the best. That feels like a great point to go, Cool guys, I'm out. Yeah, I'll see you later. Yeah, so it's, it's kind of it's 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 that it's, it's that kind of thing. A lot of people are going, how can you stop now when it's it's like, well, we could we're both going to go on and do solo stuff. Like I'm not saying we're not doing music anymore, but that feels like the best time to stop rather than when people just aren't interested anymore totally. and you're sad and depressed. Well, and, and if you want to come back at a certain point, like we were talking about with like a Jurassic yeah, sure. Five, like they came back and now they're playing bigger shows than probably they ever did before. Not true. No. They play at the Greek theatre. Those were dilated. I'd say there's a lot of bands in the UK like that. I mean, we spoke of Enemy earlier before this yeah. was, was rolling. And there's loads of bands that got a bit of hype on Enemy and then split up and then come back five, ten years later and are headlining festivals and shit like that because that, it's just palpable. Everyone are wanting that. Or, or, or even the myth of them has grown into this thing. So totally. hopefully Amir and Dan will stop and the myth will grow to be stadium-sized, <laughs> and we can come back and do that shit. That's, That's fine. Cool. So, yeah, so then, just uh, what are your plans? This probably won't come out until, I don't know, it's probably late September, 2015. mid-2015. 2015. <laughs> so for the rest of 2014, what are your plans? You, you're in LA for the next week, and what yeah, are you doing after that? I mean, the plan is, m- my main f- focus after the last show with Dan Lassac, which, which uh, will have happened now, um, is to work on my new record, but um, I'm bringing... A, a, be Dolan over to the UK to do some touring and again he's supported us for years over there and the first time we toured in America he was our support and we'd never met him 
and we happen to have just one of the best live hip-hop acts supporting us which was kind of amazing so i've got his record coming out on my label next year so we're bringing him out and doing some some label tours because again it's it's a new label in that previously it just released me Uh so it's kind of it's only in the last a year or two that we started to put other people out so i'm excited about that so it's kind of just not having too much of a a business plan as such just kind of saying oh fuck it'd be exciting to take b dolan and war and peace on tour and i'll host it and be the puppet master of this whole thing and then you know we're gonna do that for a bit and yeah just work on this new record and hopefully my i'm obsessed now with coming out and touring the u.s again like because it's been a few years since like we did this tour in 2010 i think maybe we did 25 shows in 26 days all both sides of the u.s and on the day off we did the carson daily show and it was like it was the most it, it, it I, I genuinely wrote a, a resignation letter to dan lasak during because it was just the most it was killing me that why I'm would you do, do that 25 shows in 26 days yeah it was insane Look, it was in killing the bible me that it, it like, says you do six and yeah, then you take, then take a rest a we didn't pay enough attention to the bible i mean it. you know that's just fucking rule i mean if you're not christian it, yeah. the guys like no vacation bro yeah it was killer but it's it, it, I, I just felt terrible on that tour that i was hating it yet i'm doing what everyone dreams of doing of getting to come to do music and then be at a point where you're touring the fucking world with it and i'm sitting there like man i miss being on the till at hmv and shit like that it's kind of so yeah i generally well, see, me that's out, when you get into the drugs and the alcohol and the women and the fucking on, man you know what else is there out there drugs alcohol is that in the bible as well women. yeah that's in the bible too that is this definitely is all, in the in the yeah. bible yeah that, <laughs> no in the re, in the book of revelation is when you just turn up too hard that's the bible turned up very hard at the end see, this just made me remember there's another thing i want to work on in the in the rest of the year is i've been talking to your boy open mike and gene gray about an ep that we want to do together um i've come up with this concept that yeah that, that's why i've said it the secret is true because they're both have flaked out on me now like in this trip so that's why i'm saying it on camera now so it's just impossible but yeah i've come up, up with this concept that i think is this crazy blueprint to do a load of eps with a load of collaborators cool. that i want to do i'm not i'm, I'm not going to reveal it on camera yet because it it's la people so it could take a year to get done so i want to you know wait, 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 wait. <laughs> fuck that the, the, the reason Stop. the reason Mike, Mike can't do it is because he's Chicago. touring and working. Yeah, he's Chicago. He's, he's, he's been adopted though, right? He's been adopted by no, LA. His number, but to be fair, his the number reason, is still Chicago. The reason he couldn't do it is because he's working <laughs> hard. He's, way, he's right? out touring his record. He's he's doing it right. So I can't, up, I can't yeah. paint him with the LA uh, brush. Awesome. But, um, but right. yeah, so there's the plan to do that and hopefully do some more collaborations and stuff like that as well. So okay. we'll see. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming through to my house. I Thank guess. you for having uh, me. The odd, the, yeah, yeah, this is the outlier episode. I really, I really like it in here. This Maybe we should just record in here from now on. It's nice. We just need another little mic. We can make it happen. All right. Thanks for coming through. Cheers. I did not see the guy, but I heard shots fired, and I see all the cops flying in. I, I, I just called you guys to notify you. I heard shots fired. I did not see the guy, but I heard shots fired, and I see all the cops flying in. I, I, I just called you guys to notify you. I heard shots fired.